0: Today, we're starting a four part series called Whispers from God. Uh, it's Easter weekend. Uh, that's why we're here at this service, because we believe that Jesus Christ is alive. And not only is he alive, but he is present and active in our lives. Uh, after the resurrection, before he ascended into heaven, Jesus came and told his disciples I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples how to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Now, if someone says, I have all authority in heaven and earth, and they say, You can be sure of this, guess what? You can be sure of this. What is it? It says, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Now, if Jesus is always with us, shouldn't we expect him to communicate with us? If Jesus is with me when I'm making decisions, shouldn't I expect him to communicate with me, speak to me, guide me as I make those decisions? Or is Jesus with me, and he's just giving me the silent treatment? You know, Jesus is with me, but he's not going to tell me what to do. He's just going to be silent. Let me figure it all out on my own. The question I'm asking you today, the premise of this new series is, do you believe that God wants to communicate with you? Personally, specifically, directly, do you believe God wants to talk to you? Or do you see God as some distant creator, someone who breathes galaxies into place and then just steps back to watch? Or maybe he's a kind enough benefactor that once in a while he sort of nudges things to go in your direction, but other than that he's not involved. Or, are you convinced that God wants to communicate his thoughts, his intentions, his will, his affirmations, his encouragements? To you on an ongoing basis. And those are very, very different worldviews. In one view, God is good, but he's distant and silent. In the other view, God is good, but he's up close and personal, even talkative. Now, if you don't believe that God is continually and intimately trying to speak into your life, then you will not seek nor will you receive direction from him because you just don't believe that it's going to happen if you're living under the premise that god will not speak to you then you're going to miss out on the intimate relationship that your soul craves because you were created for an intimate communicative relationship with god god wants to interact with you god wants to converse with you And if your faith is a bit hollow, if it's stilted, if it's complacent, it may be that, yes, you were born again, but you've never developed this intimate communication with God. If you don't hear from God, you're going to miss out on the influence from God as he seeks to steer your life in the direction that he wants it to go. In the the Christian faith, we talk about a personal relationship with a personal God. How can there be a personal relationship with a personal God without any interpersonal communication? But the Bible clearly teaches that God speaks to his followers in, in personal ways. Classic example, a book of First Kings, God spoke to a prophet named Elijah. Elijah was discouraged, he was exhausted, hiding in a cave, feeling abandoned by God, afraid for his life because a queen named Jezebel had threatened to kill him. And on your outline on the screen in First Kings 19, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a, say it with me, gentle whisper. Yes. God didn't communicate with Elijah through these spectacular displays of power. Those aren't personal. They don't help a person in despair and depression. God spoke to this man, this man he knew and loved, with a gentle whisper, with a still, small, compassionate voice of understanding. Now, God created the windstorm, God created the earthquake, God created the fire, but they didn't identify his relationship With Elijah, he showed himself to Elijah personally. God was aware of Elijah's state of mind. God was sensitive to Elijah's level of despair. And God met him right there. You see, God wanted to encourage and engage Elijah. He didn't want to overwhelm and intimidate him. The the wind, the earthquake, the fire, that would just left Elijah going back into the cave depressed. Job thirty three fourteen 14 says, God does speak, sometimes one way and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. And as you read through the Bible, you see God speaks through nature, through angels, through prophets, in dreams and visions, by casting lots, that's like rolling dice, through precious stones in the high priest's garment, through fire in a burning bush, through preaching and prayer, through scripture in the church, through a still, small voice. God speaks through many different methods. But it seems, as you read through the Bible, that the spectacular methods are used to gain the attention of people who are distracted, unfocused, and spiritually immature. It seems that the more spiritually mature we are, the more experienced we are at communicating with God, the more likely He is to speak through His voice, to our spirit, a whisper from God. God doesn't have to scream at people who are paying attention. Now this means that God's message will be received through our own thoughts and perceptions and impressions and usually heard in our own voice. When God speaks to me it sounds like my voice. When God speaks to you, it'll sound like your voice. And that's part of the problem. Because how do we discern when it's God speaking to us and when it's our own voice or when it's a counterfeit voice from some satanic or demonic force that's trying to distract or misdirect us? So the question is, how can we recognize when God is the one speaking to us? Uh, Scripture clearly states God wants to be involved in our lives. Psalm 32, 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. You see the intimacy implied in that passage? It's not that you're born again and now go fend for yourself. I'll catch up with you in heaven. No, God wants to be involved along the way. God wants our life to be a living conversation with Him. So each of us must decide whether we want to hear from God. And so that's the question I just asked you today. Do you want to hear from God? Not just when you need a job, not just when you're trying to figure out which house to buy, or who to marry, or when you get a bad report from the doctor. Do you want continual communication with God over time? Do you want to lead a God-led life? That's the question. And I'd ask you, just put your hand up. You want to lead a God-led life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there we go. I, thought I was going to call the choir back up and just go sit down. But you guys are with me. This is good. Now, this leads us to the second question. Have you noticed that there's always a second question that's the real question? Well, here it is. And you don't have to put your hands up on this one. I'll give you a pass here. But this is the real question. Will you obey whatever communication you can confirm is from God? Because if you don't agree to the second question, you really don't agree to the first question. If you don't intend to obey what God tells you, then you don't want a God-led life. You want a me-led life with some commercials from God. So the question you need to answer this Easter weekend is, do you really want to hear from God? Do you really want to lead a God-led life are you willing to release control of your life? When God directs you, are you willing to obey? Are you going to follow where God leads? Will you do what he says? And I'm belaboring this point because this is where we get stuck. Most of us stall out at obedience. So, how do I discern God's quiet whisper how do I determine if a voice I hear or an impression that I have is from God now let let me just ask you this do you hear voices do do you do you do you get impressions you can put your hand up on this doesn't mean you're crazy doesn't mean you're not but you know do do you hear voices the answer to that is yes uh, but, but this is something that we as Christians have missed, that God really does communicate directly to us. This is not some far-out fringe element of faith. This is mainstream Christian believing in God kind of stuff. Okay? So how do we identify God's voice? I'm going to give you five filters today that will help you determine if what you're hearing is is from God. First, does it sound like God? Jesus says, the sheep know their shepherd's voice. He calls each of them by name and leads them out. Notice that the sheep have to learn their shepherd's voice. If you go down to the sale barn and buy a little flock of sheep and you say, okay guys, jump in the truck, they're not going to do it. Unless you're in the truck jiggling some grain. But over time, they will learn to recognize your voice by hearing it repeatedly. You know, you, you learn to recognize voices. I mean, when your spouse calls you on the phone and, and you answer the phone and you hear their voice, do you go, who is this? You know, your kid calls from college. Do you, who is this? You even know why they're calling. Okay? <laughs> to this day, I remember the tone of my brother's voice when he called to tell me that my dad had died. And a few years later, when my mom had died, I knew by the tone of his voice in how he said my name, what had happened. You ever experienced that? You know, you can recognize voices from your past. I'm I'm 58, I'm middle-aged, if I'm going to live to be 116. And so (laughs) I, I can hear from people in my past. I'll get a phone call from somebody from my childhood or maybe a college friend, somebody I haven't heard from in years, and I recognize their voice. You know, you you go to a reunion or to a family event, to maybe a wedding or a funeral, and you will see people, and you do not recognize their face, and then they speak, and you recognize the voice. That's the power of a voice. And you can learn to recognize God's voice just like you can recognize the voice of a loved one. You can recognize God's voice just from the quality of God's voice, the weight, the impact, the power of it. You can learn to recognize the spirit of God's voice, the peace, the confidence, the assurance, the calmness of it. You can learn to recognize the content of God's voice. God's voice is always consistent with biblical truth. You can learn to recognize the nature of God's voice. God speaks with encouragement, not condemnation. When God speaks into our life, it is not a voice of condemnation. If you hear a voice that says, you're no good, just a harsh, uh, 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 cruel voice speaking into your... That's not God's voice. Voice of condemnation. You know, a lot of us are hearing dark, heavy, harsh voices in our life, but we've got to clarify the source of the voices. Is it God speaking into your life, or is it some other voice? Because some of you had, had people in your past, maybe a parent or a teacher, somebody who was demanding, critical, distant, and as a result, you project that voice onto God. And you have this God in heaven that you are trying to please, but you think He's unpleasable, and in fact, He doesn't even much like you. That is not the Christian God. It's not the Christian God. Maybe the God of some other religion but it's not the Christian God who loves you enough that He sent His Son so you can have a personal relationship with Him. Now, the voice that keeps pointing out your failures is a voice out of your past. Or maybe it's a satanic or demonic voice, but it is not God's voice. So how do I get to the point where I know it is God speaking? It's only through experience, only through Practice. we have to learn to discern when god is speaking to us and one of the ways we learn is we just stop and ask ourselves does this sound like the god of the bible or is this a voice from my past or is this a voice from someplace else second filter does it agree with the bible galatians five sixteen. so i say let the holy spirit that's god We believe in a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all want to speak into your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you're led by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Because God doesn't change. God doesn't mature, God doesn't involve, God doesn't gain new insight. He will never contradict his written word. What's right and what's wrong are based on God's character revealed in the Bible. It's not based on a consensus of public opinion in our culture. What's moral and what's immoral is determined by a revelation from God. It's not shifting societal standards. And some of us are stressing out because our culture is drifting Away from us. And that doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you're unintelligent. It doesn't mean you're mean and unloving. It just means you're trying to live according to God's word. So if you're asking God about some decision to make or a step to take, and you know it's contrary to God's word, if you're hearing, oh, go ahead, it's okay, that permission is not coming from God. It may be coming from yourself, because you really want to do it, or it may be coming from some other outside influence, but that okay is not coming from God, because God will not give you permission to pursue a plan that the Bible says is wrong. You don't need to ask God about things that He's already told you in the Bible. You know, should I serve? Yes. Should I give? Yes. Should I marry or even date an unbeliever? No answer's already in there. God's goal from the very beginning is that we would become like Christ. Therefore, He will never give us permission to do unchrist like things. Just won't do it. So before acting on an impression or a voice that you hear, ask yourself, does the Bible approve this action? And if the Bible doesn't, that's not God's voice. Third thing. You want to ask, is this idea consistent with how God has shaped me? Ephesians 2.10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God planned a purpose for your life, and he designed you to specifically fulfill that plan. Your your design will reveal your purpose. And you're, you're shaped for that particular function. And God prepares and God equips you for your life purpose. Now, if I think I'm hearing a whisper of redirection from God, if I think God is calling me to change vocation or change location, it would benefit me to stop and reflect on whether or not that redirection fits how I was made. If I think God is calling me to go to med school, I better not be afraid of blood. If I think God is calling me to be an accountant, I better be good with numbers. If I think God is calling me to be a teacher, I better like kids. If I think God is calling me to Phoenix, I better like heat. Okay? Now, it's possible... It's possible that God is calling you to change location or change vocation. But God will not call you to do something that will make you miserable. God will not call you to do something that you simply can't succeed at because God won't waste your life like that. You know, God is not going to call you to be a missionary in Central America if you're afraid of spiders and don't like to sleep in a hut. He won't waste your life like that. Now, God can direct your life in a very different direction. But it's going to come in a series of whispers from several sources in a variety of ways that directs you there. So when you have an impression from, from, and you think it's from God, you want to ask, is this consistent with how God shaped me? Is this the next logical step in the path of the plan that God has set before me? Number four, you want to ask, is it wise? Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. You know, Scripture urges us to be wise in all our ways, and Scripture also ties wisdom together with the Scripture. Common sense is spiritual. That's why there's so little of it today. Because most people aren't listening for guidance from God. They're just flailing around in life following their own desires. Uh, People say, I'm trusting God to buy this house I can't afford. That's not faith. That's foolishness. People say, I'm marrying this person I hardly know. It's supernatural. Yeah, and you're going to be super miserable in just a little bit. Because those decisions are irrational and unreasonable. But God is the most rational and reasonable being in the universe. God won't tell you to do something that is foolish or or unwise. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't tell you to do something that's challenging or even risky. God often calls us to do things where we have to trust in Him to sustain us and get us through. But if you say, I'm trusting God, some people are trusting God to do things that God never promised He would do. That's not faith, that's presumption. Trusting God is not deciding to go out on your own and then expecting God to bail you out. That's a mistake. And when you have an idea that you think might be from God, you want to ask, is this wise? Because if it's not wise, if it's presumptuous, if it's foolish, then that impression is not from God. God doesn't want you to live as a presumptuous fool. God wants you to become like Jesus Christ. Number five. You test the impression by asking, do people I trust confirm it? The godly offer good counsel. They know what is right from wrong. And so whenever you think God is speaking to you, you want to find two or three mature Christians who know you well and then ask them, do you think God is speaking into my life about this? And these have got to be people who who are willing to level with you. They can't be people who just want to tell you what you want to hear because they want to make you happy or they just want to avoid anything icky. You know, they need to be people who love you enough to hurt your feelings. Not cruelly, but just honestly. Christianity is supposed to be lived in community with other believers. God intended for every believer to be part of a spiritual family, a local church to receive encouragement, support, and guidance, and sometimes even confrontation. Because we hear from God together. We help each other hear from God. So always seek the advice of mature Christians before making an important decision. Now often we don't do that. Why? Because we know they're going to tell us not to do it. And we want to do it anyway. So we don't even ask. And that is a foolhardy way to live. If you're rejecting or ignoring the advice of godly people who are only motivated by their concern for you, you're making a major mistake. An idea that is really from God will make sense to a person who knows God. And so ask, what do wise, mature Christians who love me, who love God, what do they say about this? So that's how you can test those voices, those impressions, those ideas that come into your life. But it's going to take practice, it's going to take experience for you to learn how to detect God's voice and discern His message. Now what does all this have to do with Easter? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most significant event in all of history. The Bible says, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then all of life is without meaning and we have no hope. That's how important the resurrection is. So don't you think that God would have something to say to you about the resurrection? I mean, it makes sense to me that God may very well be speaking to you right now, right here, today, about the resurrection. And so you may be here, and you may be hearing a still, small voice, a whisper from God that says, believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do you know that voice is from God? Well, let's put it to the test. First of all, does it sound like God's voice? Does believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ sound like something God would say? Does it have the quality of God's voice, the weight, the impact, the power of it? Does it have the spirit of God's voice, the peace, the confidence, the calmness, the assurance of it? Does it have the content of God's voice? Does it line up consistently with biblical truth? Does it have the nature of God's voice? God speaks with encouragement, not condemnation. Believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sounds like God's voice to me. Number two, does it agree with the Bible? John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sounds biblical to me. Number three, is it consistent with how God shaped me? Believing in the resurrection and receiving eternal life is the very thing that God made you for. Jesus said in John six forty, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. God did not create you to live a life of unbelief, to suffer death, go to the grave, and spend eternity in hell. No, God created you for a life of faith. God created you for an abundant life, an eternal life, for a resurrection and an eternity in heaven. Resurrection is what you were shaped for. Number four, is it wise to believe in the resurrection of Christ? Now the world would tell you that it's foolish. But look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, I know very well how foolish it sounds to those who are lost when they hear that Jesus died to save them. But we who are saved recognize this message as the very power of God. This so-called foolish plan of God is far wiser than the wisest plan of the wisest man. And God in his weakness, Christ dying on the cross, is far stronger than any man. Believing in the resurrection is the wisest thing you can do. Next, do people I trust confirm it? Well, that's why we're here. That's why your family, your parents, your grandparents, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, that's why they invite you to come here because we want to confirm for you the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We would tell you there is no greater decision you could ever make than to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is speaking to you today believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the question is, are you going to hear him? Are you going to recognize his voice? Are you going to obey? That's the question. Because if you won't hear when God speaks into your life about the birth, life, death, burial, resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, why would God speak into your life when you want to know what house to buy, what person to marry, or what car to drive? If you won't hear God when He speaks into your life about the most important thing in His life and your life, why would He waste His time trying to speak to you about other things? You see, the communication, that specific, direct, personal communication with God begins when we believe in the resurrection. Let's pray together. God is speaking into your life right now. God wants to have a conversation with you about your faith, about your life. God is saying to you today, believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you just respond back to him and say, God, I believe And as you believe, Jesus Christ promises to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin, to give you a new, eternal, abundant life, to establish a connection of communication with you that will lead and guide your life from this moment throughout the rest of eternity. God, we thank you for the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not just an event that happened 2,000 years ago. Our own resurrection is not some event that's going to happen way off in the future. This resurrection, this belief in the resurrection affects our life right now in this very moment and every moment going forward. God, help us today to hear your voice and to respond and say, yes, God, I believe. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.